kick a series off today, and typically every year, probably the biggest challenge for a pastor is to share a Christmas message in a fresh way, in a way that, you know, we've never shared before. And as I was praying about this and I was thinking about Jesus's birth, I began to think about how our church, how our church was birthed. And so what I'm going to attempt to do for the month of December is I am going to parallel the birth of Christ and the birth of our church and how they're connected and so never having done this before, I'm anxious to see where it ends up too. So it's going to be good. Uh, would you stand with me in honor of God's word? Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. Look at 26. Okay. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you'll name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he'll reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he'll be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Father God, you still speak today. You still speak today. And God, today, as we are celebrating the birth of your son, Jesus, in the world, God become flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. Father, I ask that you would help me to adequately share how this church took on flesh and bone as well. God, thank you for causing us to exist. It's all your hand and it's all you're doing and we glorify you for every, every day, month, and year of our church's existence. God, may you be glorified today. It's your vision. It's your house. These are your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Amen. Gabriel appears to Mary and he births a vision because please keep in mind when Gabriel spoke to her, she's wondering, what does it mean? What are you trying to tell me? She, she didn't get it. God spoke to Mary first and then had to speak to Joseph later. God birthed in Mary what he had conceived. It's real important that you get that today. God birthed in Mary what he had conceived. So Mary had to receive two things concerning the vision, what God wanted to do and how God wanted to do it. In any God-given vision, it's what God wants to do and how God wants to do it. 
Mary had to carry what God birthed in her, totally different than carrying what we desire. God's vision is God's desire, and he conceives it. It's not a good idea. It's not something that we think that we should do. It is something that God deposits. It is something that God conceives in us, and we must choose to receive what God conceives. We must choose to receive what God conceives. So concerning Restored Church, God spoke to my heart and then to Lisa's about starting a church in Ionia. God birthed Restored Church in our hearts, and we had to receive what God wanted to do and how he wanted to do it. We had to carry what God birthed in us, and we knew that we found favor with God because he spoke to us about Ionia. Every week we are going to be showing a clip of a significant place in the vision of our church, and I want you to see the first clip here this morning. Check it out. I believe I started my internship in, at the Granville Res in February of 97, if I remember right, the beginning of 97, and the first day I'm there, Pastor Dwayne takes me for a ride, doesn't even tell me where we're going, and on the ride, he says, um, John, I are you sure you're supposed to go to North Muskegon? And I said, well, Pastor Dwight, you know, that's why I'm here preparing me for that. He goes, John, I've got more cities than I've got men to send. And, and he began to name them off, and Ionia was one of them. And so now I'm feeling like everything's up in the air. I'm now praying, and I'm mentioning these cities to the Lord. When I mentioned Ionia, I just started weeping, um, and I knew not being able to stop that this was a spiritual cry. It just wasn't any old cry. It was God giving me a heart for an area because he was sending us there and I knew it. And immediately I began to wrestle with the Lord. You know, well, you know, Lord, we just went before like 500 people. I mean, I'm kind of just kind of hashing it out while I'm bawling. And the Lord said the same thing to me that he said to Simon Peter after he rose from the dead. The resurrected Christ said to Simon Peter, do you love me more than these? And I said, yes, but you've got to talk to my wife. I tell her that I believe God's calling us to Ionia. She's not so keen on this. Um, and uh, had to pray about it, and God spoke to her heart. And uh, if he wouldn't have, we wouldn't have left. Um, you know, it's one thing for God to speak to, to one of us, but it's another thing for God to speak to both of you because you're one and you're in this together. And fortunately for me, you know, I just prayed for her, and I just encouraged her to get along with God. I told her I wasn't going to go anywhere without her, and uh, she prayed. But this is where it all happened. This, this stretch of road, I'm just driving in and praying. God forever changed our lives on this stretch of road right here. Cheering. In North Muskegon, crap. You know, it just uh, wasn't. I'm so glad. It's going to drive me nuts. Just so that you don't think that stuff is easy. Um, 
and uh, and Kayla and Olivia that they were awesome that day. And we uh, I took them out to Buffalo Wild Wings, one of their favorite places afterwards, and we pounded some wings that day. Um, I worked them hard that day. It wasn't easy. Um, Please understand, and I don't, you know, and, and I just told my wife, I hope I don't bawl my eyes out when, I'm, when I see that stretch of road. When I, um, we didn't want to go anywhere. I, I, I didn't want to go anywhere. I was living the dream. I was a youth pastor in Grand Haven. We had two beautiful little boys. We had just built a brand new home. I had absolutely no intention of leaving or going anywhere. I didn't, I didn't want to go. I wasn't looking to go. I wasn't asking my pastor, is there something more? I think there's something more. I, I, none of that stuff. None of that stuff. Um, it, it was never our intention to leave. Didn't, didn't want to leave. Wasn't praying to leave. Wasn't saying, God, what else do you have for us? Our hearts were full where we were. Completely full where we were. And it was my pastor that came to me and told me, I want you to start praying about pastoring a church. And first presented Nuego, um, and I, you know, I like Nuego. I had been fishing there ever since I've been, you know, in grade school and thought, man, yeah, I'll, you know, go up to Nuego and maybe we could live close to the Muskegon River and I can get to fish these places I've been fishing ever since I've been little. And we prayed and we didn't feel anything about it. And then my pastor came in again and he said, I, you know, would like you to pray about, um, uh, accepting an internship at the Granville Res, and we'd like to launch a church in Muskegon at the end of that year. So it was kind of twofold. They just wouldn't be throwing me into an existing church. I would go and I would get prepared for a year, and then we would launch a church. And he goes, John, it'd be a much smoother thing. You know, we wouldn't be like throwing you to the wolves and, and uh, you know, asking you to come into a fractured situation. You could start it, and we'd help you start it. And so we prayed, and we really felt like it was the Lord. I didn't know that, that there were two different parts of it being the Lord, though. I didn't know that the part of us accepting a pastorate was the Lord, but where we were going initially, where we thought we were going, wasn't the Lord. I, I didn't know that until Pastor Dwayne just said, come on, we're going for a ride. And I'm like, okay, we're, we're going for a ride. And it was there that he began to share with me, in, in essence, and I'm thinking, what, you weren't on board? I thought we were going to Muskegon. I mean, it, we, we went before a congregation. People were coming up, and they're hugging us, and they're crying. And yet some are excited because they live in Muskegon, and they're going to help us with this church. Probably would have begun easily with 100 people, easily. We knew a lot of, I'd been a pastor, youth pastor for three years. I preached from the main church pulpit on numerous occasions. I was well-known, families knew us, and anybody that was even close to Muskegon would have a shorter drive, and they wanted to help. They were excited about a church startup. And we were excited too when we're having people come over and having dinner with us. We're talking about the new church, and all of that changed that day on that ride with Pastor Dwayne. And so now I feel like everything's up in the air and I don't know what to do. I'm like, what the heck? Why isn't Pastor Dwayne in agreement? Why weren't Pastor Dwayne and Pastor Bernie talking? Why weren't, you know, what's going on? And so I'm naming these cities before the Lord. And I name Ionia because I knew it was a spiritual cry and it was coming from somewhere within me that I didn't even know existed 
and I am now bawling over a city that I'd never even been to. I, I, I'd never even been to a free fair, a paid fair, or whatever fair in my life. Never even been to a fair. Never had an elephant ear in my life. Never had a funnel cake, elephant ear, none of that stuff. Never had any of that stuff until we came to Ionia. So I had absolutely no idea what Ionia looked like. I had demographics, nothing, had no idea. Yet God was speaking to me about this city. And when I presented it to Lisa, how do you explain to your wife with two little boys in a brand new home that we're supposed to leave all that and we're supposed to go to a city where we don't know anybody? Only God. And I, I just said, I don't know what you're so upset about. I'm not going to go anywhere without you. And Pastor Dwayne or Pastor Bernie wasn't kicking me out of the church. He said, John, you'll always have a position here in Grand Haven, but this is what I think you're supposed to do. And so it began. And so it began. And so I just want to offer a, a few thoughts that um, Lisa and I have, we've, we've learned together because it doesn't have to be easy. It's just got to be God. And I, I, and I don't know how to put that in any kind of smooth, you know, visionary, you know, statements um, it, it, it wasn't easy, but we knew that it was God. And because we knew that it was God, there was always enough. There was always, you know, what we needed, and there was always what the church needed, and um, God always came through. Um, I think sometimes, you know, God allows things to drag out a little bit, and it's in those places that our faith is tested, and we grow and we mature. Those aren't the most pleasant times, but geez, you know, some of the greatest periods of growth. I don't know about you, but can you remember being young and your body hurting and aching because you had growing pains? I can remember being in pain, thinking I was having like a near heart attack or something, and it was because of growing pain. My legs were hurting, my ribs were hurting, my chest was hurting, all because I was growing. And if you're going to grow, there's going to be some discomfort. There's going to be some discomfort. And we found that in the growth and in the journey, there was a ton of discomfort, but it was always God. We never questioned whether it was God. Never, ever, ever questioned whether it was God. And so I wrote down a few statements. I'm, I've drifted far from my notes here. Um, hard not to. Um, but God put Ionia in our hearts, and we have found that there are two ways that churches get started primarily. You know, everybody you know, wants to know, how are you started? In fact, the, the fact that God spoke so succinctly and so sovereignly to both of us made it very difficult for us to leave because it wasn't like I was sent to Ionia to just plant a church. And a lot of churches are started that way. You know, God puts an area on a pastor slash apostle's heart and we want to start a church there and he finds somebody that is called and, and capable and, and faithful and sends them there. And there's also God speaking to someone's heart about an area, and then the pastor slash apostle confirms it. And in our case, God spoke to us, and it was confirmed, and we had all the support and all the backing of the authority that was over us God, God spoke to us, and it was confirmed 
by everybody else. So that when times get, get, did get tough and I'm calling those over me and saying, okay, I think I'm done. Um, I, think I've, I think we've grown as much as we possibly can. I think it's time for us to move on. Do you think that? And I'll never forget my pastor saying to me, yeah, if Pastor Dwayne had sent you there, I'd, I'd agree with that, but God called you there. And I'm like, ah, crud. I wanted to, every senior pastor's pornography is he lusts to be a second man on staff at a church and not the man over everything. That's what we all, just give me an area of responsibility. Just tell me what you need to do. What are my hours? What are my commitments? Awesome. You worry about all the other stuff, and I'm, I'm, I'm good. And so there were times when, geez, the battle was just so difficult and so, so real that we're questioning, you know, whether somebody else was supposed to take it. But how do you leave what God's never asked you to leave and you know that he's called you to? How do you do that? See, I can't get over that, and that really messes me up. Um, really messes me up. But I think about if we never would have responded, we would have never met you guys. We wouldn't have the friends that we have. We wouldn't have the church family. They would, we'd never get to see stuff like this take place. Enormous steps of faith for us. Frightening steps of faith for us. We never would have got to see any of this. Never would have been able to enjoy any of this. And all of that was just out of a simple response. Just like Mary. You know, may, may it be unto me according to your word. Just what, a, what an incredible statement. And Mary was probably a teenager, most likely 14, 15 years old. Can you imagine 14, 15 years old, the angel Gabriel appears to you and pretty much tells you that God's going to get you pregnant and that what's in you is the Savior of the world, Emmanuel, God with us. Can you imagine? Put yourself in that girl's shoes. Yet she was so stable and so strong. All she had to be told and, and could you even understand it? The Most High will overshadow you. God's going to conceive in you. This is going to be of God, not of man. Telling this young teenage virgin girl that. And she says, may everything you just said about me come true. May it be unto me according to your word. What an amazing girl. And I felt like that's all God really wanted from Lisa and I. Just go and let me worry about all that stuff. Just, you just go. I'll be with you. You just go. No real map for this. I've had, you know, people over the years say, you know, how are you running this and how are you doing that? And you probably shouldn't do well. Nobody told us to do differently. I mean, we literally began and we did the best that we could and we handled our finances with integrity and with accountability and just all that we could possibly do right that we know how to do, that we knew how to do right until somebody else came along and said, no, 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 no. You should do it like this. I mean, we just started. That's all we did was respond. If we did anything right, we responded. And so to this day, there's not a doubt in our hearts and our minds that this is where God has called us to. And we know that God has caused this to, to exist and, and to grow. It's totally his doing and it's totally his hand. Totally his hand. And I believe this. I believe that in every Christian... God is conceiving things in us. And here's what we think. We think that, you know, well, you know, we need to be called the full-time ministry for God to birth something in us. I don't think you could be further from the truth than thinking that. I think God is birthing things in all of us. I think God is speaking to, to all of us. And so what is he saying to you? I mean, this is what God spoke to Lisa and I. 
what is he saying to you? Because that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. What is God speaking? What is he leading you to do regarding, you know, your marriage, your family, your business, your school, your, your neighborhood? Because I believe God's leading all of us, or it would just be God leading the people that were called to full-time ministry and on staff at churches. Those are the only people that God speaks to and leads. Well, that doesn't even sound right. It can't possibly be the case. Because there are so many scriptures that are not just for people in full-time ministry. I believe all of us have a ministry. Each and every one of us have a ministry. And it requires the leading of the Lord to fulfill that ministry. What is God asking you to do? I mean, I'm so glad we didn't wait for the conditions to be absolutely right because they weren't. We just built a new home. We had two little boys. They're about three and one. Conditions were not right for us to pull up roots and to come out to Ionia out here. They, it, it wasn't right. It, it was, but it was God. And if it's God, it's right. And I have found that God's right is not always our right. We always have this way that we see, see things transpiring and the way that we see things working out. And you're either in control or God's in control. I don't want to be a Christian witch that says that God's in control but lives like I am. I want to be a Christian who's completely trusting God and because he loves me so much, he puts me in situations where I have to trust him. You are not in control. Shaking your fist at God, whatever you go through, you are not in control. If you are a Christian, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, he's in control. He has the marching orders. He has the direction and the course for your life, and you must follow it. Must follow it. And that's all we did. We had a word from God. He spoke to me. He spoke to Lise. And here we go. I'll never forget, after God spoke to Lisa that day, she said, we got to sell our house. And I go, yep, we do. We sold our house and didn't even, you know, really, we, we, we were selling and then we were building. And so our, the house sold and we didn't have anywhere to go. Um, and so we sold the house and our house that was being built wasn't done. And, and Todd and Lori Terry said, no, 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 man, you can stay in our cottage on Clifford Lake. And so we lived on Clifford Lake, discovered uh, Clifford Lake, Inns, incredible mushrooms. Those things are amazing. And uh, Lisa's brother Mike would come out like nine, nine o'clock at night. I think it would stay open until ten back then. And and uh, he goes, "We going to get mushrooms?" I go, "We're going to get." He goes, "Well, yeah." And what do you think I drove out here for? He'd just drive out just for the for the food out there. Um, and it was just an incredible, incredible journey for us. And here we were. We're in a we're in a cottage on a lake in the middle of winter, and <laughs> we don't know anybody. Um, and uh, still have friends to this day that we met um, out there. And I'm grateful for every, for every leg of the journey. And, and God was so good, so good to us, so faithful um, to us. And, and